Okay, let's begin before we get back to the guns, which has generated a lot of firestorm. Uh, the email from the issue with the pink Cadillacs, apparently that caught people's attention also. <laughs> I kid you not, these are all real people, good people. Can you imagine a chashiva, somebody listening to the shir takes out the time to ask and uh, investigate. Anyway, this is just a short comment from Shmuel Kess. A uh, good example for Monday Night Shear that was uh, last week. Uh, the girls' boss in the pink Cadillac would be, which we came out with both mutter, don't worry about it. But this is interesting, a girl's bicycle. They still make them clearly different with the bar down and the, I guess, bar down pink colors, flowers, uh, scarves wrapped around it, whatever else it may be. It's not going to be worse than an umbrella. Remember, the umbrella Shiloh was <coughs> one possible tzad lahukal. You're not really wearing it. They weren't using that straight away. Remember, the Shaver Levy says, well, you certainly have the Bach that's built in. And he alludes to the fact that you're holding it and it might not be as bad. But I don't know if it's that much better either. So you are going with it. And again, the pink Cadillac, we found that very quickly, was just a shtick and given to possibly male. Salesman, is we don't know the if they color, had is any. It the color of the bicycle or the placement of the bar? No, it's the place of the bar. There, there is a chilek. Now, I don't know. Because if you, if you do one of these city bikes in the city, you can, from the docking station, you can pick up a bike and pedal 20 blocks over. They're all with the. Uh, Without the, they're all gender neutral. So gender neutral means <laughs> that they made the bar halfway up? No, what no, do they do? Actually, no bar, so women can ride in all sorts of Why don't they think of that for the regular bicycles? Only in New York. You gotta first be a liberal and then you no, no, come no, up no. with the. Because this way anybody can use it. I understand. Why didn't they think of that before? I'm saying, wh- why would you ever make something. Oh, you mean in the beginning it was only men riding the bike? Oh, okay. that's not, I don't think that's true. I don't know. Is that, is that true? Structurally, it was more sound to make it that way. Uh-huh. And, and now they have better have welding better and material. better material. Okay. Interesting point. Okay, Yaakov, if you have another piece of homework to do, you can find out in Europe, or will women riding bicycles, well, were they driving cars? The original, in, in Europe, well, when were women driving cars? The, the early stages of cars, was it only for men? Okay, you have, to, you have to track it. But now, is that just New York, or all the bicycles are made generic? No, those rental bicycles are gender neutral. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. But again, it's not going to be worse than an umbrella. You can make the argument that maybe there's no isra on this if you're... You say this is Umbrella, it's pouring. i got to get out. No, so you have to have to anyway. So that's what Shevard Levy said. The umbrella's going to be a mutter, but it's obvious it's pouring, and you grab this because you grab this and you grab anything else. Maybe it is worse than an umbrella. Why? You have to get somewhere, and you grabbed you it. You don't have to. I want to go, I want to go ride to Screwdriver Park. Yeah, people don't ride for purposes. Oh, in New York? They ride for I think you told me that you grabbed these things all the time to get. You came to the Bris once with it. Yeah. You said you grabbed one. Okay. So then you have to know. Okay, a good telltale sign. Unfortunately, I hate to use this litmus test. If the, anyways, I have to think of politically correct ways to. Uh, luckily, if the the gender neutral sensitive people are making a tumult that they want dafka these types of bicycles then that would be a bad sign. Meaning, that means they hold, no, that's clearly a man's bike, and I'm not a man, or, or she's not a lady, or 
or it's and we don't want to make discrimination, whatever. You have to make so you have to find out what's going out there. That would be uh, that wouldn't be a great sign for the Shaila. Pink Sidor. What? Pink Sidor. Nah, Pink Sidor. We can't people okay, I'm gonna get to your email in a minute. I, I was gonna actually I was gonna get to it to the end of the week, but I'll mention it now since everybody's ho- hocking on the pink. Uh, <laughs> I, I get that yeah, I figured, you know, one one thing at a time, but um, uh, the now this isn't Terry Sinai, but you got this from Smithsonian, so they're supposed to know what they're doing. I hope, unless they've been taken over by liberals, also. But uh, the title here is "When Did Girls Start Wearing Pink?" That's a pretty shocking title. They're insinuating that sometimes in history there were tukufas where boys are wearing pink. So that's not my imagination because the article is all about that every dar has, they, that's every generation, that's a little translation, uh, brings a new definition of what's masculine, what's feminine, and we're okay with that. If now, that's been the major theme of this year, we could prove that enough people are doing it, enough of the right people, two big ifs, and you're absolutely sure if it's dealing with the possibilities of the race, then the din doesn't change, just the mitzvah changes. But you've got to be, as we've shown over the last couple of months, be very, very careful with that. You've got to get the statistics right, how many, a roiv, a mir, they just point out, which halakhically we don't have a big deal with, I, I have a big deal with the fact that I'm convinced the person who wrote this article has an agenda that we shouldn't be making these chalukim and it's all just one big happy family. So I have, I have an issue with the agenda of why it's written, but the facts, they bring down, I guess you could check it out, um, FDR, the first one. Which FDR are we talking about? FDR. The second. The second. FDR is the second, the first one was? Teddy. Teddy, okay. So Franklin Delano is FDR. Okay. I won't say Marshmallow, even though it's debatable. Um, because he probably was just in power then. He wasn't worse or better than the other one. He just had a very bad track record. So, you know, you don't have to be a canoe on that right now. It's not the topic of this year. But I didn't want to mention him will tell you either. So little FDR sits on a stool. His white skirt spread smoothly over his lap. I kid you not. This is his original baby pictures. His hands clasped to a hat trimmed with a feather, shoulder-length hair. Mamish, they waited three years for an upshare. I didn't know he was so heimish. <laughs> shoulder-length hair and patent leather party shoes complete. The picture, we find the look unsettling today, yet social convention 1884 when FDR was photographed at the age of two and a half, dictated that boys wore dresses till six or seven. That already we had one of our listeners send in. Also, the time of the first haircut. I'd like to hear more rate about that. You know, Teenagers always come up that everybody was Jewish, you know. Christopher Columbus is Jewish. He clearly was not. We hope he was not. I'll explain that at a different time. Yeah, right. Still name is Rosenfeld. But, you know, that's coming next. And you see it's a raya that he waited for his upshare and for whatever reason. And uh, the article goes on to discuss who made up that boys are in blue and girls are in pink. And again, the gist of the article is certainly chrome. It, this is coming for a reason, that uh, no, we shouldn't uh, program them, we should let them develop as they see fit, and don't give them the idea they should be dressed one way or the other. That's coming from where it's coming from, as you all know, today. But the facts are probably, yes, that FDR wore a skirt and, and a dress and um, waited for his upshare and had long hair, and it wasn't because they are Rizal. And um, that's the way it was. If that was the case, and when was this, 1884? So then there wouldn't have been an issue of La Yubash if enough, enough boys were doing it. Well, I think the other picture I got also seemed to be wealthy, royalty, things like that. I think in medieval times, uh, the, the kings wore red and pink. Blue was considered a feminine color back then. 
even though the royal blue, as in the Tchelis that the Romans uh, shut down the operations, was blue. And that was a pain of death if you were caught manufacturing, which is why Tchelis was lost. Uh, what's interesting is one of the spars why they wore a skirt and a dress doesn't fit with this theory, because they were using it to save money and material, and they just had a dress, you'd have to grow, and you'd have to, to let in the pants every time, and it took, skirt, took less for there. It was a skirt, not a dress. Okay, but the skirt is still... Uh, the skirt is still, the times have changed. Most, most regular people in America are dressing the boys in pants, not skirt. Is so, there a um, difference between the fact that the, um, it's for a young boy? So like when you get older, that depends it's on, acceptable, yeah. adult, it's male, it's not They said till six or seven. That's interesting. They're trying to shot Sapigi Lachina. It starts from five to six. A very interesting article. Maybe, maybe a Jew, Taka, wrote this. Uh, but it depends on, Depends on the machlekes of Moshe, and the others whether there's a sachin be a diamer or a chinuch, which is a very important machlekes for this sugi. Remember, Moshe said, "Stretchies, pink, blue, doesn't make a difference. Take whatever you want because they're nowhere near a gila chinuch." Others disagree. But this is saying not that it would be. Let's say it's not to be a diamond. Right. They have it for the child. That's a separate. I'm saying, according to this article, the norm is for young boys to wear. That's fine. A skirt. It's fine, no matter what. It's yes. That only applies for young boys. Yes, correct. Though it's men. Correct, correct, correct. It only fits according to the minute. I'm just saying, so we don't disagree with the, if the historical fact was right with the people, or many people did it, then it would be okay. Uh, the question is, is that, that why this was uh, written in the first place? Okay, uh, so the pink again goes in and out, but the pink uh, for girls and has been in for a long time. That's why I keep using it as a classic example. Very good question. I, I think, yes. I think if the Hamanam is uh, making this differentiation, only the royalty is putting on the skirts or the dresses, then it would still be also for the Hamanam, correct? I, I, I believe so. Okay, let's go back. The guns have been very fascinating. And again, we had a uh, pretty uh, contentious discussion, not contentious in a bad way, in a good way. Uh, nobody pulled the gun during the discussion, which is good. And the shotgun mentioned by... Who was it? Somebody in this side of the room was talking about the skeet uh, shooting. Did I get that right? That's that frisbee that they're. Uh... So, again, we're saying sfaras out of Dindaraisa, which is uh, pretty frightening. Women can't carry guns, can't pose with guns, can't uh, hold guns. That's about handing it over. So, if you just clearly make it just you're handing it over, that would be mutter. But it's an Isser, and there's no minimum time limit, and the photo op is also Isser, and just shooting once or twice for fun is going to be Isser. It's a problem. The Chilik I made, well, forget what I said for a moment. Ramosha made a possible Chilik, he didn't go with this alone, between a pistol and a rifle, because a pistol was clearly not used in war as, an, as your average weapon of war, or it can be used in close combat. And the facts were true when Ramosha said it, of course, and the facts are true now, even more true, they don't issue them, and they don't want to carry them. They have enough to carry. That's between a pistol and a rifle. Everything else is a little bit shooting in the dark, bad pun, but we have a situation where we have a rifle. It's about yay big, looks like a rifle. And throughout the years, 1800s, 1900s, uh, World War I, World War II, and now, of course, they're going to look a little different. What I said pretty emphatically, and I still hold like this, the chile between the AR-15, the M4, and the M16, the civilian, the army side, there are chilukim, and a, an expert can tell, not to be a big expert, the lever that changes from automatic to semi-automatic, 
or bursts of a few bullets, it still looks like a rifle. I don't think it's a chilek. So then, what all you were asking with the skeet shooting, I hope there's a cooler here, because I found out that a number of people were doing it. And that is, it's a shotgun. A shotgun is very different. It's not shooting out one bullet. It's a bunch of pellets, and it's dispersing it, and that's when you shoot birds, you do that. And different type of gun. Uh, many of you sent me pictures. I looked at it. Okay, now that I know what I'm looking for, it's a shotgun, it's a rifle. <laughs> the average guy, 100 feet away, have never heard of this, so yeah, I'm not convinced that's a chilek. I'm not ready to ask the skeet shooting. We will discuss, not now, I'm going to save it for the very end. It's probably going to be um, maybe the end of next week. I'm going to discuss with you the uh, Jewishness, non-Jewishness, Kukosayim, uh, Midas issue of hunting, which is very much a part of this, but it's not strictly Loyubush. I'm going to save it for the end. But the fact that this stuff is... Um, I asked a few people around here, and people know how to find good Cholomite trips. Some of them, interesting, I was pleasantly surprised. Some of them said, skeet shooting, no, I, I don't do that. That's one of them said. That's very Gaish, isn't it? I said, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what it is before we discuss if it's Jewish or Gaish. He says, don't, don't they do that like in Texas? They're going hunting with the hunting birds. and de-. I said, look, the whole hunting business is uh, Gaish Azach, and I will document that with another view that it's a very Gaish Azach for many reasons. So I will get back to that, Mitzvah Shem. But the Chalikim we're making to try to Point out the difference. Of course, there's a difference between a shotgun and a rifle. We're getting into chilukim again, a shot of a dress, and a lady holding a gun that goes bang, bang with real ammunition, whether it's spraying out this way or going straight. Ramesh would say it has to be a weapon of war. Do they use shotguns as a weapon of war? Guess not, because it's more when you're shooting birds, a moving target, and you've got to have a, a spray where you're hitting more. Of a, okay, so maybe Ramesh will make this chilukim. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Ramesh wasn't 100% sure about the chilukim with the shotgun, even. With Zeklir Chilik, he just used that as a sniffle huckle. So I, I'm not endorsing it. I believe one could make a Chilik. Um, somebody, Eli, I think it was, uh, you'll tell him we spoke about it. He reminded me, he sent me this, uh, this article, and I remember when this happened. It wasn't so long ago. Remember Dick Cheney? So Dick Cheney was a Texan with someone, no? somewhere from that part of, the, yeah, part of the country. Wyoming? Okay, even better. Uh, more, more wide open. Wyoming only has deer and birds. Um, so, Texas, Wyoming, and he's um, a real guy, and they like hunting. This is the way America was explored. Daniel Boom, I guess uh, everybody else who went, uh, went west, they used it on real people, unfortunately. Uh, but people like doing this stuff. Not a very Jewish zach, as we will discuss. And if you remember, the story was he accidentally shot the good friend who was standing near him. And the guy was seriously wounded. This is no joking. So anybody's saying, yeah, it's just a bunch of uh, BB gun and just spraying. He's carrying a shotgun. He's supposed to be shooting at birds, which is why I couldn't believe this skeet shooting. They're letting 16-year-olds stand there with a the thing. Like, what happens if he, like, what says that? So everybody told me they're, they're telling him to be careful. That calmed everybody down. Or was that the last, was that the upshot of it? It's not a, we don't put ourselves in danger. We don't want to take away schusim. I'm not saying this is dangerous. I never saw the activity. But it didn't come from us. And the article, interestingly enough, interviewed a few people who know a thing or two about uh, bird hunting. They were hunting quail, to be exact. That's slove already. We have a problem with that. We don't have a good history with slove. But whatever they were shooting, they say as a matter of course is that uh, don't worry about it. This is part of the sport, and it doesn't happen. I'll quote, similar accidents occur not frequently but often. That's an interesting feeling. Not frequently but often. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> sounds like an immediate. And they say, don't worry about it. It happens if you play. And he says, uh, nature of quail shooting ensures that this will happen. It goes with the turf. Uh, that's very bizarre. And that makes it very Gaish, not very Jewish. And I don't even know why Gaish would want to do it. But they, people are a little bit up in arms about what happened with Dick Cheney. Did it because with Dick Cheney. But the expert said, don't get too uh, ruffled about it. Don't ruffle your feathers. Get to the shooting bird. And it happens, and it's not that frequent, but it's quite often, and don't worry about it. So these are guns, and this guy almost got killed. He, uh, they hit him in the face and the chest, and he was hospitalized. So again, it looks different. Uh, if you show me pictures, which I, anyway, I have a couple, you can look after Sheer. This is the one with the pellets. Look at, the, if you ignore the pellets, and the, uh, it's a shotgun. It looks like a rifle. Now I know the difference between a rifle and a shotgun. I can tell it you know, 50 feet away, but that's after learning the sugya. A lady's going to pick up something that looks like a rifle and start shooting, and we say, no, it's mutter because she's shooting up and just here to get slugged. Okay, so again, we say chilukim on Shaila Vadaresa, relying on Ramesh Shasvara that he didn't even use as the main sniff of The main sniff is that, it's not a sniff, is that a sarkansal fashas and have to carry pistols. And Ramesh, if you recall, said they could even carry rifles if that's the type of weapon used in this situation because men and women are in this situation is not low yubush. That was his concluding far from last week. So, and he used a pistol if it, because most of the time they're carrying pistols, not rifles. So he said that was a sniffle huckle. It's not a weapon of war. These look like regular rifles and there was one from uh, World War I, an M1, if anybody is into these things. It was considered the most cutting-edge rifle. They have a picture, they have a whole book about this M1, and no less a personage than General George Patton called it the greatest battle implement ever devised. So it, the picture, it looks exactly like this rifle. Okay, obviously, but they weren't using shotguns in World War I also. My, my point is that to sit here and say as far as on a Shai Levinista with various chilukim is, is a bit dangerous. So we'll leave it at that. If you are looking for a Cholomoyed activity that involves shooting, ask first. I will mention one other email that somebody did ask. It's a while back, so I saved it. Uh, I started listening to the Sherem Elo Yobush. Um, only up to the third shear. Okay, so not be missing a lot of information. Um, this was from a while back, February 5th. We returned from a Bar Mitzvah to Israel, and they had a mini army day where we practiced shooting with a rifle filled with paintballs. So this was the... Last of the rifles I want to discuss, people ask me about paintballs, and uh, you know my opinion about paintballing in general. There are many, many chaburas, as in black and blue marks and bruises, and it's certainly a miramatsu, and nobody who's played, who's honest, denies that. I'm not saying it's dangerous, it's sometimes worse than just a bruise here, a bruise there, but you have no right to be hurt yourself, you have no right to be meddled on, on your bruising of somebody else, and I know certain camps do it, and... I once gave a shear in a camp the morning of, it was morning, say, the morning of, they were supposed to go trip in the afternoon, and after the shear, there's pandemonium, they asked me if, if the head counselor asked me if I knew they were going paintballing today. I said, no, just to the Shmaya. So he said, well, it's going to be a huge hefzid. I said, oh, okay, it's a huge hefzid. You don't want to call it off. Just uh, an etza, you can avoid most of the bruises, if not all of them, if you just play by the rules. Because the rules are that if you are winning and you have somebody cornered, you're not allowed to shoot at range X and all the fine boys who play tell me the whole fun is when you close in on him and shoot at point-blank range. Uh, <laughs> and that's against the rules. So then, then I understood at least why everybody has a bruise. Anyway, Bikitzer, 
I was there when the buses rolled in six hours later. It looked like a war zone. They came off the bus. One guy had headbands. I thought they were just like made it up just to impress me. Uh, and uh, I said, how did it go? They said, we had a fantastic time. It was the best trip ever. It looked like a um, uh, bus from Vietnam, like showing up on the thing. And Baruch Hashem, nobody was killed. Nobody was seriously hurt. Came out, every kid had a bruise. So he said, just a bruise, I don't mind, I'm playing. You can't be Michael. Uh, you can't shoot somebody and give them a bruise. They're like welts. So I have a, just a pet peeve with the whole game. Besides, I need to get into the midas, the whole thing of shooting at people and getting it. It's like goyish sport. It's just not, it's like hunting. It's like the Nadabihuda would not be very happy with paintballing. And when we see the Nadabihuda Shuva in a week from now, uh, you will understand uh, that I'm being uh, low key about this. So, hashkafically and halachically, it has its issues. But let's just talk about the women who want to go paintballing. Your wife wants to come along, and your daughters want to come, and they want to dress, first of all, to really do it right, if you really want to paintball, they're like, one book showed me their paintball magazines. You can subscribe every week and see them get dressed up like full army gear and khakis, and they have it. It's like a whole life by them. Um, so she's not going to, you can't get dressed up in army uniforms. Um, so she's just going to go in her skirt, and her, uh, her ponytail, and she's just going to shoot at all the boys and um, have a good time. So let's assume there's no taruvas, make it easier, no boys. It's a girls-only paintballing day. I don't even know if the camps offer this in the girls' camps. I hope not. So, um, so sh- they're picking up... They dress up as men and go with the thing, right? <laughs> just for the skin. So, uh, so uh, I took a look at a sampling of the rifles. This is a serious business. This is... We're talking about a few hundred dollars uh, a thing. It's a serious stuff. It's a serious sport, and people take it very seriously. And so right away, one guy in the shear here got very nervous, and I said, I'll speak about the paintball. And he said, no, 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 it's obviously different. I said, well, I says, they got this canister here that has the paintballs. On. So I looked for the canister. It's there, but I have to look for it. I mean, it's obviously there. I have to search for it, but it's a rifle with a funny-looking thing attached to it. So, yes. Do I know the difference now? Yes. Does anybody paper know the difference? Yes. Again, the question is, do you want the women picking up things that look... It's not a plastic water gun. This is a, this is a real thing, and it's powerful, and it happens to have paintballs, so they have different apparatuses. You want to say it's for a local? So I can say it's for a It looks more different than the rifle does with the World War I rifle with the shotgun. Okay. I, sh- I think the whole sport is goyish, and then after that, the next level down is boyish, because boys love running around playing cops and robbers. Uh, from what I remember, girls don't like playing cops and robbers. They don't like shooting at people and playing war games. So uh, I don't see. I don't think it's a mitzvah to be makele. The question is: Is there we need to make all the gun does look different? The question is: How different does it have to look? Yes. Two two points. One, when I was in yeshiva, we went to some army bases, like just a thing, and they didn't give us real guns to. Sh- target shoot, they gave us paintball guns to shoot at That's targets. what this is. No, to shoot at the targets. Not, no, not yeah, no, no war games. Okay. So is that, is the, that target practice... That's what he's asking. Just the, so he went to the same place you went to. Okay. So he says a rifle filled with paintballs shooting at the thing. Would that be also for women? That was, uh, that was the question. They have terrible aim. I'll, we'll uh, delete that from the record. Uh, yeah, okay. You mean the girls have terrible aim or the guns? Oh, I don't have to delete that. I thought that was... Okay. Second point is there's there's pistols, there's rifles, and there's like a hundred other classes of weapons, like grenade launchers and bazookas. <laughs> uh, I think a grenade launcher would be a weapon of war, wouldn't you say? 
I don't know what you're doing on Cholamite, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 right. Right. Some of them look very good. Right. right. So some of them could look like. Exactly, okay, that's the point. That's, that's good. It's a good. It's a good point. He's saying some of them look very different. Like, I bet the grenade launcher doesn't look like a grenade, but it has this funny thing on top. Yeah, right, right, okay. That's why I'm hesitant. Again, we're not talking about menhogim and chumrus, even the rabbanis. We're talking about Issa the race. I have a lady standing there with a rifle shooting, and then you start making chalukim. Well, it's a paintball. A paintball is very different than a bullet. I got that. But then there's paintballs, there's big and pellets with a shotgun and bullets. So you've got to make various chalukim. And then you got to say, well, it's obviously there's the air thing and the, the storage thing. It looks very different. But you're saying, yeah, it's either a paintball gun or a grenade uh, shooter. But yeah, so that's... Um, and by the way, they have regular gunners with the big... What do they call those things? Like the real, the real gunners. 50 millimeter. Yeah. So would you say, well, that doesn't look like a regular rifle. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> you could also have, uh, the, you know... You could also have a plane dropping an atom bomb. It doesn't look like a rifle either. But it's... Uh, which, which is a different shiver, by the way. Yeah, a different shiver. <laughs> I'm going to get that out. Yes, one more and then we'll go on. So that's my problem is that if you're a student of history, which you happen to be, then you can say, ah, oh, that's a musket from the Civil War. That's, that's pushing. But the question is, Ramesha, even with the pistol, which is the most glaring contrast you can have between a rifle and a pistol. Pistols used around the streets, around the neighborhood, by cops. And Ramesha wasn't a thousand percent sure about that, really. He liked it. And we're taking that, we're extrapolating to all sorts of big guns and thin guns and old guns and new guns. Uh, it's a little frightening. I think there can be a chilek like that, but questions, whenever you're looking for a cool and a chilek, you've got to be a thousand percent sure you do it as the right, and you have to have a motive that there's a shah satserich of here. What's the tzerich? The ghost skeet shooting? So I'm not... Like what? Also yeah, yeah. It sounds like you were in the army for a long time. <laughs> okay, let's go to the last paragraph. I think it's motion in front of you. We have just a few minutes. I want to finish the last paragraph. We mentioned this outside. So again, Amesha comes to the conclusion over here that in the West Bank, where necessary, they can certainly carry a pistol and even a rifle if it's the best way to defend themselves in that circumstance. The bottom paragraph, he mentions the famous Rashi and Nazir, which we began with. Uh, page two, the bottom paragraph. Adisa, Perish Rashi, Nazir, Nuntes. Diyal, that's Eishas Chavrakani, Hagisa, Lesisra, Biyased, with the tenth peg. Now, the interesting thing is the Ramesha's Pshat, which I did mention outside a couple of weeks back, why would she take a risk? Ramesha just wrote an entire tshuva that if you're living there and there's any shash that comes to fashus, don't take a risk and you're allowed to carry a gun. Ramesha even said, you're allowed to go shopping when you want, you're allowed to go to work, and even if you were with four men, doesn't say four, doesn't give a number, doesn't give a cap, you can carry a gun because if a couple of men with guns, another gun might help, Rahman Laslan, if you need it. So Amosha doesn't give any cap on how much firepower you're allowed to carry with you. I suppose if a hundred men and one lady, why should you carry a gun? Amosha would agree. But if it might help, you're allowed to carry it. So obviously this is going to be fair. Why is she looking for a tent peg if... The man lying in her living room is the most dangerous man alive. And he's responsible for most of the battles and casualties that Clay Saul knew in her generation. And he lost his army just now, but 
as you know, our enemies keep coming back like a bad penny, and if you let him escape, so she has him, he's right there, why take a risk, why waste time, and why get a tent peg? So Amisha says, only because, he says, that's only going to work, she was convinced, because he was so tired and so fast asleep, she realized it was an ace. The Therefore, she had time to go look for a tent peg and use it, even though it's less effective and you might have to strike twice. Uh, she did it because she was convinced that an ace already happened, that she's just finishing him off. Then she looked for it and found it. Lahargo Mucha came, the Avra Baratzan. Interesting, Raya. Al She's an Isha she's a Zana seven times as part of what she thought was necessary. I'm not saying she was incorrect. Nobody says she was incorrect. In triggering the exhaustion and, and the milk and then the nace. But she had to do her shtadlis. She felt that was necessary. And again, nobody criticizes her. She's praised in Shiva's Dever. And that's only mutter for Hatzal of Gantzchai Yisrael. And even there, Sachidish Nifla only happened twice in the history. Well, maybe three times. And we have Esther coming up, and that's a tumult. That's the Fahesia was a mutter chil Hashem. This wasn't for Fahesia. Uh, then you have Yehudis. There aren't too many examples. If she's willing to be a makel on the Gilead Rais of Reish which is an Isser Daraisa and Chiyamisa, you're certainly not going to have to think twice about the Isser Lo Yubish. The answer is she was convinced at this point he's not getting up. And Hashem made sure this Tadema is going to last, and therefore she was quite comfortable. Otherwise, any Shash Koldu, he didn't have to do it. The other Pshat, which I think uh, you mentioned, was that if you're caught holding a tent peg, you have a better alibi than if you're caught holding a spear, and he wakes up. And Ramesh, interestingly enough, does not quote that. He says she was already convinced that the Nase already started coming into play, and therefore she had plenty of time. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to take a risk, per Ramesh's Chuba here. Which means is why she would have to be serving milk and being mazanic. That's what brought on the Tadema, but for some reason she was under the impression, and rightfully so, that at this point, after the Sestadlis, the uh, Nais came into play. So Kiddush, I think the other shot would have been simpler. Amesha is avoiding it and saying, no, you have to be 100% sure, and, uh, and it's not just because of the alibi, it's because the fact that uh, she knew she had moved to maneuver. Uh, the Mar uh, Makam we're going to see tomorrow night is the Teratamimo, who seems to make a reference to the gun, the handgun, and I will show you what I think he holds. We'll pick that up tomorrow night.